From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Thanks for inviting me into your home. Long haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' basement, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. Hello to all of you tuning us in on one of our affiliate stations. The podcast, of course, at TalkZone.com. The uh, Conspiracy Show app. Those of you streaming us live on YouTube. Hello, hello, hello. However and wherever you're listening, I bid thee the warmest of welcomes. And I thank you for your fine company. The House Whisperer, we're calling him that. The House Whisperer, Scott Harris, is standing by. He designs and constructs. Echo-friendly homes for people like Kevin Costner, Kevin James, Ed Bakley Jr., Neil Patrick Harris. Um, he'll be with us momentarily. Ian Robertson is on the other side of the glass, twisting the knobs and turning the dials. Albert and Ryan are here in studio with me. Welcome to our uh, little after-Oscars party. Uh, we've been playing some memorable movie clips uh, going into and coming out of the breaks and uh, having some fun, and we'll continue to do that. Uh, not sure if um, you've seen the web series on Begley Street. I think they've produced three, maybe four seasons. And, uh, maybe they're the, the three seasons. But anyway, the, the series follows the, the escapades of uh, actor Ed Begley Jr. and his wife, uh, I think it's Rachel, as they uh, construct America's greenest home. Well, the builder of the uh, super green Begley home joins me now. Scott Harris is the co-founder and COO of Building Construction Group. He's one of Los Angeles' foremost building general contractors and go-to experts for residential and commercial properties, specializing in environmental green renovation, deconstruction, reconstruction, restoration, and innovation. His list of clientele includes billionaires and celebrities, I mentioned uh, uh, Kevin James, Kevin Costner, uh, Neil Patrick, the Sultan of uh, Brunei, uh, Savoy Hotel in London, and uh, San Francisco's St. Francis Hotel, and also restaurants for Gordon Ramsay. And as I mentioned, Ed Beg- Begley Jr., who uh, creating an elite, jaw-dropping, creme de la creme estates all over the uh, Southern California, I guess, and elsewhere. Scott, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? I'm good, sir. How are you? Very well. Uh, from time to time here on uh, the program, we like to talk about uh, green energy. And, and uh, last week, for example, I spoke with two gentlemen uh, from Kohilo Wind Turbines in, in uh, western New York. And they're developing or they have developed a very unique hybrid vertical axis turbine system. Um, and eco-friendly homes certainly is something I think we can all get on board with, not just in terms of uh, construct uh, or con- conservation of, of energy and, and and reducing air pollution and so forth. But people don't often stop and think about um, even inside a brand new home. You lay down the nice carpeting and everything, and and uh, you bring in the furniture. All of those things emit gases, toxic often, gases, yeah. right? Horrible things. The paint on the walls and uh, and and brand new carpet. It's uh, you know I, I often wonder all these allergies that never existed before. Whether it's it's just indoor pollution. And you're trying to address a lot of that with your, your construction materials. I'm guessing. We are. We're um, you know from somebody who had allergies his whole life and didn't understand why he had to live this way, and finally understanding there's so many things that are in these homes and in these structures that we can change with the smallest little tweak that can forever change somebody's life. You know, it's a difference from a child sleeping through the night. It's a difference 
from your wife not being grumpy. It's the difference from getting a whole night's sleep. It's the minorest little changes and things we can do. But unfortunately, people don't always talk about it because my belief is that most contractors are, A, not aware, and B, the ones that are aware, they don't want to make people aware because it's just makes people's lives harder and it makes their work a little bit more difficult. So they're not talking about it. And I, I really appreciate the opportunity to have this talk with you to be able to, to discuss some of the things that can change people's lives. So are you only building eco-friendly type structures or if someone wants to hire you and just do sort of a, a more traditional sort of brick and mortar with traditional building, you know, wooden frame structures. Do you do that as well, or are you strictly eco-friendly? I, I never knew the difference. I, I've been doing this since I was a child, and I never really coined a phrase as eco-friendly or green or any of those items. It's it's a way of life. It's a way of building something that's just a little bit better. And, you know, I, I appreciate that we now are starting to coin phrases and be able to put this into categories because I think that's the beginning of awareness in which people can start to understand there's uh, there's ways to change things. But, no, we do the brick and the mortar. I mean, i got to be honest. We have clients that are they don't care about those those things. They don't understand them. So the surprise they get is that we're building it into those homes for them without them knowing it. And then you have people like Ed Begley that just, you know, he jumps up and down every day and says, Scott, I've never been happier in my life. I appreciate this, you know, every moment I'm here. So, um, we don't discriminate, but we still try to put a certain level of health and education into every home that we build. So, so tell me about Ed, Ed Begley Jr.'s uh, and, and his wife. It's Rachel, I believe. Uh, uh, it's actually Rochelle. Rochelle, I'm sorry. Uh, tell me about their home. Why is it billed as the greenest home in America? What makes it so green? Uh, you know, it's to be honest, CBS is the one that called us the greenest home in America, so... Um, <laughs> What, but what makes it more green, and I, I don't even, I hesitate to use that term because somebody asked me, are you a green builder? And I said, you know, I actually like to see all the colors in the spectrum, not just green. Right. Um, but what makes this home different is that what we've done is we've had somebody like Ed Begley, who is just a, a shepherd for the industry, who came to us and said, what would it take? How can I make a home that, number one, makes my wife happy. Number two, makes me happy. Number three is affordable. So what? here's some of the things that we did for him. You know, there's some of the obvious things, like the house is self-supporting with solar. Um, we have a rain catchment tank that um, can, in two one-inch rainfalls can collect 10,000 gallons of rain. We built the walls 12 inches thick, so they're thermally with thermally broken um, shells. We built... In every way possible, we went and researched, and I'm, I'm slightly ashamed as I am equally proud to say this house took nearly five years to create, and it's because we went on a journey to do something different. Um, we have every, nearly every one of the items in that house we researched. We thought, is there a better way? Is there a different way? And so that's what the house encompasses, is just unique things in there. So you mentioned the thickness of the wall. So does it, re- well, it's in California, right? Yeah. So it doesn't require, would it, I mean, well, I suppose in the winter it can get kind of cool even there, but so it, does it require any heating or air conditioning? Uh, 
It does. I mean, look, we're we're in California. It gets hot, but what, what the twelve inch walls do is what they what we did is it creates. It, it does two things. It makes the husband and the wife happy. <laughs> it makes the wife happy, which is Rochelle, who's amazing because it gives this 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 sense of uh, of timelessness by having the thicker walls. So it's just a beautiful look when you inset the windows. But it also for someone like Ed. It allows us to put an air break and it allows us to do a thermal insulation in the walls that is kind of, that would be otherwise unheard of. So to answer your question, yes. Um, but here's what's great. My favorite moment, I gotta say, one of my happiest moments in my life besides getting married and having my kids were going over on one of the hottest days in California. And what I see is they've got these air conditioning units running. But the best part is that they're running off of the power of the sun. So we have, thir- we have a, solar panels on top of the roof the photovoltaic panels are basically powering the air conditioners and they're not running off of the grid then here's something unique that we did um i learned when i was doing kevin james house that one day he came home he was going to see the lakers and uh as we were in the process of remodeling the home we had cut the condensate line if you know what that is on the air conditioning units right the condensation well, the water typically you run it sometimes into a, a drain in the basement yeah. Do you have any idea how much water comes out of those? Uh, in a, if the air conditioner is running steady, I don't know, what, maybe 10 gallons a day? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, three to five to 10 gallons a day. Wow. That's a huge yeah. amount of clear, perfect sure. water. Sure. So in a, what, what happens is people don't realize that that water has just been going down to the drain. So one day what happens is we're working in, in uh, Kevin James' house. They cut, we cut the line because we're remodeling. His wife comes home and says, Oh, my God, you're not going to believe what happened. There was a flood here. Well, what we figured out is that Kevin turned on the air conditioning units, and boom, there goes 10 gallons of water overnight and flooded the the, uh, kitchen. So that kind of gave me that aha moment. So when we were doing Ed's house, I thought, God, I know what I'm going to do. So being that we were collecting all the water and we're trying to make it the greenest house in America, or at least on the journey of that, being that he has rainwater tanks, we took all of the condensate lines from his air conditioning units and we ran them into floor sinks that then go by gravity into the um, rain tank. So, in other words, what you have is like this perfect system in which on a day when it's 107 degrees outside, you're getting the mouse, most amount of uh, solar energy that you you would normally get. It's powering all the air conditioners. It's, it's cooling off the house inside. And it's not only cooling it, but it's dehumidifying the house. So all the water that it's pulling out that's making you uncomfortable and cranky, it's now collecting that. And instead of it just going down the drain, I have that going into the rainwater tanks, which then is being powered by the, the pumps, which are solar paneled, solar powered, and then it's actually feeding the Ed's garden. So it's one of those moments you just sit there and you just feel like zen and there's an aura and you're like, I've done it. God, why aren't people living like this every day? Precisely. It's, it's, such, a, it's such a simple thing to do. Scott Harris is uh, with us, and uh, we are talking about uh, construction, reconstruction, uh, renovation, eco-friendly houses, although he doesn't necessarily use that word for him. It's just a way of life. All right, we'll head into a break. Here's another memorable movie moment. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. All right, that one's a bit of an easy one because we used to play that on the program all the time. Uh, Ryan, any ideas? It's from Network. Very good, very good. And uh, Howard yeah. Beale. Thank you. All <laughs> right. Back with more of our conversation with uh, Scott, and we've got the whole gang here. Albert, Ryan, Ian, 
It's our little post-Oscar party. The Conspiracy Show returns right after this. Poking holes in the darkness. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Say hello on Twitter at Richard Serrett, S-Y-R-E-T-T. Scott Harris is with us, co-founder and COO of Building Construction Group. And uh, uh, our, our mutual uh, acquaintance friend, uh, Marina Anderson, who was on this program a couple weeks ago, uh, refers to you as the house whisperer. And um, she suggested that you have some intuitive, perhaps even psychic ability. Am I was I mis, misunderstanding, or is that true? No, that's true. I guess you psychically read that. Um, uh, <laughs> no, it, it's one of those. It's one of those things that I'm so appreciative to be able to talk about because I don't normally tell people about this, and this is honestly the first time I've ever been able to talk about it openly. I, I have this ability, um, and I think we all do. By the way, I'm not saying it's just me, but when I hear somebody talk, often what they're thinking or what I'm hearing is different than what they're saying. Um, Richard, I imagine that you're probably also highly intuitive as well, or you wouldn't be doing this, but and you probably understand. But I, I found that it's better to listen to what I'm hearing inside than what people are saying to me verbally and and what's interesting is that, you know, I, I believe that it had to do a lot with my success because what somebody tells you what they want is, is based on what they think they want. It's based on how they believe they want to be seen. It's believed, uh, based on what they believe they want other people to see them as. And so taking a person's dreams and, and going a little bit deeper into somebody and listening to that is something that I do without question, you know. And I'll tell you, one of the hard things about it is you get a lot of resistance because the two don't always connect. So in other words, what somebody feels inside, what somebody is saying to you in a, in a different voice, never matches what they're really saying to you and what they're believing consciously. So it's a hard road to tow, but I find that at the end, you know, I, I get these clients that just, have these cathartic emotions at the end and just cry to you saying, how did you know? And it's, it's, it's not, how did you know? It was always knowing. Um, and so I believe that's one of the things that have made this company and what I do successful. And I coming from a, a place of not being happy in my own home, never understanding why uh, people can't be happier. I strive to just find that, that, vision inside somebody's soul and bring it out and make it tangible for them. Well, that's certainly a, a, a special gift to have for someone who, you know, t- designs and builds uh, something that is, you know, is supposed to be really a reflection of, of that person, right? And so often we don't, we don't think about that. It's just a, a place, as George Carlin used to say, a place to place our, to, a place to put our stuff. And, you know, you lock it up so you can go out and buy more stuff. Uh, but, but, uh, you know, I think we all want our home to be a reflection of who we are and so forth. So to have that ability, to have that, uh, intuitive ability to, to know what people want, even if they can't communicate it, that's, that's a remarkable gift. Um, I want to get back to, um, some of the other issues revolving around, um, making a house more sort of eco-friendly. And to me, you know, 
they're talking about reducing carbon footprints and so forth and, and building structures. This is the low hanging fruit. I mean, if we could, if we could make all of our uh, buildings far more efficient, I mean, I think we'd be a lot, we'd go a long way to solving uh, the, the, the problem. Um, and I don't know, it, to me, it seems like a no brainer. Not just houses, but, but all buildings. So, they're so inefficient. Um, and, uh, I mean, what's, what's happening? What's the latest in terms of retrofitting, um, not just homes, but buildings? Is there a big movement in California, in the United States? Uh, is there a, um, uh, I think it's called the, pla- is it the platinum level for, uh, for efficiency in, 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 in homes? Yeah, the United States Green Building Council created a, uh, a designation of certain levels. They call it, um, and you have, you can go lead, which is leadership and energy and efficiency and design, which is you start out with silver, you have gold, and then ultimately you hit platinum. So we hit platinum for Ed. And it's a series of, um, goals that one needs to hit. Uh, that it's not only, it's what's interesting about this. It's beyond, as you said, efficiency. But also a lot of it has to be do with community as far as how close you are to your community, how close, what kind of materials you're using. And in addition to that, it also has to do with um, health. And that, I mean, I'm going to tell you one of the things that I love in there. I was able to, we were able to get, I believe, one point towards our, out of our hundred for being able to have a designated area where Ed and Rochelle take their shoes off because that tracks dirt into the house. Hmm. So it's a beginning to make people a little bit more aware. Um, and it's a great movement in that sense. Well, up here in Canada, I mean, that's how you know you're in a Canadian home because all the shoes are piled at the door. That's just what we do. <laughs> you guys have the real mudroom there. We there. do, but, indeed. Um, um, yeah, but I... Go ahead, sorry. No, I, I wanted to talk about another uh, in terms of uh, what, what do you do with gray water? Uh, you know, laundry, laundry, bath water, that kind of stuff. How, do you Can you recycle that? What do you do with it? Yeah, absolutely. We um, so for Begley and other projects, what we do is we have uh, we recycle their gray water. We have a switch on there that basically, in the event that you want to use some, let's say you made your clothes a little dirty, right? You need to live, so you put some chlorine bleach in there. That's going to go out to the sewer. You can flip the switch when you're doing more clean stuff. And um, at the Begley's, for example, what we did is uh, all of that water goes into tanks underneath his uh, house, and and then. It's all fed via gravity out to the uh, garden. It's not something that you're going to drink. It's not something you're going to clarify. But, you know, during the summertime, if you're going to take a shower and you're going to do your laundry and you're going to take a nice warm bath, why not feed the garden? Why not feed the oak trees? Why not feed those beautiful rose bushes uh, instead of using the municipal water? Right. And then so you would if everyone got on board with that, you'd be dramatically reducing, you know, the amount of water that has to go back down to the water treatment plant. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, there's very little water that actually is leaving the Begley house. I think Ed walks around making sure that people aren't turning on the water as much as possible. But he's got two two women in there. So he's, he's minorly successful, I believe. Um, but it's it's one of those things that makes sense. You know, when you realize how much resources are falling on top of your property however big it is big or small i mean you've got you've got the sun you've got wind you've got rain all of these things are sitting on your property and we just sit there blankly staring at it without having any understanding of what to do with it so we're trying to raise the awareness level of that um 
you know, it, last time I checked, Ed never got a bill from uh, Sun Power in America. You know, it's it's free energy. It's like, how do you not use this stuff when it's falling on your property and just watch it run down the street? He's he's totally off the grid. Uh, he was com- almost off the grid until he got his uh, electric vehicle. So Ed and I went outside to his electric panel. We do this for fun, and he turns everything on. He tells Rochelle to turn on the hair dryer. We get all the air conditioners rolling, and he's like, Scott, we're doing it. We're, we're still running net zero. We're negative. We're negative. I'm feeding back to the grid. We're good. We're good. And then he plugs in the, the Nissan Leaf, and he goes, we're not perfect anymore. Uh-huh. So, yeah, but, you know, he actually plugs it in at night, so it's it's working. But, um, you know, it's I, I don't know if, if we're a society that's developed enough to be completely off the grid, but it's about as off the grid as we're going to get. Right, right. I mean, to me, that's, that is where we have to go. When we talk about... Uh, how fragile, how vulnerable the power grid system is, not from just, um, you know, uh, an EMP from, you know, from the North Koreans or whatever, but from a solar flare. Uh, decentralizing the delivery of, of electricity, that's, that's simply the way we have to go. And if you can put a, a, a wind turbine on your property, you know, not these 200, 300 foot towers that we see in the wind farms, but for example, these guys down in, in western New York that have this, it's a vertical axis, uh, hybrid. Uh, all the moving parts are, are inside a housing. There's no moving parts. You know, you're not going to kill any songbirds that way. They're lightweight. Right. They're stackable. You know, one of those for $15,000 produces enough to power a house. Uh, absolutely. And the other thing that I, I really wish people can start to learn more about is geothermal heating and cooling. Yes. And if you're fortunate enough to be in a pot where you actually have, you know, where the hot rocks are close enough, you can actually derive power from that. You can be completely off of the grid. Um, we're talking about possibly, um, we're working with the mayors in the Hawaiian Islands right now to help them get off of the grid completely. Um, I don't know if you know this, but one of the biggest um housing problems and actually homeless problems are actually in the Hawaiian islands. Um, I didn't know so, that. No. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but what everyone's been doing is, in the United States is they ship the people free with a one-way ticket to Hawaii. You think it's paradise, but it's not. So on the other side of that hotel, you've got a homeless person living there. So they've got one of the biggest collections of homeless people uh, in the United States now currently. And so they're reaching out and trying to figure out a solution. You know, and for every breakdown, there's always a breakthrough, right? Sure, so, sure. Uh, and the problem that they have is is obviously creating electricity. And so being that they're on a thermal mass there, with geothermal cooling, heating and cooling energy, you can actually completely take an area and put it completely off of the grid and create a housing community for people that um, are self-sustaining. And so while it's easier to do there, it's something that's very simple to do for communities. I mean, it's one of those things, you know, we're always looking upward, right? You know, we're looking at the sun. We're looking, as you said, the wind. We're looking at the water. But we're sitting on this massive earth that's, and I don't mean massive, but I mean a mass of earth, M-A-S-S, where the, we're still, the earth is still cooling from its creation. And you've got all of this heat and thermal power that's sitting beneath our feet that we just left untouched all these years. Just a few pipes in the ground is enough to to start to power the earth off of those. Absolutely, yeah. Between geothermal, wind, and and solar, there's no reason for uh, you know not to be off the grid. Uh, I want to talk to you about lighting. 
And I read recently, it was actually my, my mother-in-law uh, read this article, and she was talking about, you know, if you're sitting in, in front of uh, a computer all day and you have all of this artificial light, and, and what that does to you, uh, not only emotionally, but also it ages you. It ages your appearance, uh, the artificial light. And um, so what are you doing in terms of, of lighting? Everyone's talking about LED. you got to go LED. The, the cost, the, the energy savings are incredible. Where do you stand on LED? I, I'm, you know, LED is a, is a, is not the ultimate solution. It's a, it's one of the, it's like version 1.7 in lighting. You know, we took a light bulb and we said, hey, let's take a lot of electricity and let's force it something through that's too small. Let's heat it up and see what happens. Oh, wow, it gets really hot and bright. Yeah, that, that was nice. Um, but here's something that's interesting about LED and, um, that I don't think anyone's really talking about. Um, and I, I, I may be the first person to actually bring this up, and I may need some uh, some bodyguards after this, but I don't <laughs> believe that the LED lights, as they're created, are really as energy efficient as people are claiming them to be, uh-huh. or as the industry. And I'll tell you why. I mean, I'm a regular guy, or as regular as they come for a builder, right? So here's 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 something that happens on one of them. The real-life situation. Let's go put some LED bulbs in a house. Great. Here's what I did. I said, you know what? I want to test these LED bulbs to make sure they work before I close up the ceiling. So I hooked them up to a 500-watt light switch. I've got a lot of 14-watt bulbs in there. I thought, God, this is no problem, right? Turn on the light switch, and you you won't believe what happened, Richard. The thing just blew up. It smoked. Wow. I thought, wow, that's that's really weird, right? Must be a bad switch. Guys, get another switch. Let's try it again. I tried it again. Boom. The thing popped again. That can't be right. I've got the when I add up the watts and I look at the switch, it should never make that happen. Well, I put a thousand watt switch in there. It didn't have a problem, and it woke me up that day. I thought, is it possible? Is it probable that these lights, while they tell you what the wattages that they're using, are actually drawing more power? And so I started looking at the light fixture itself. And I don't know, you've seen LED uh, retrofit fixtures, have you? Not? Sure, yes, I have, yes. And have you ever noticed that a number of them have these fins around them on some of these uh, apertures, or the, the units have like a series of heat sinks or fins around them? Uh, I can't say that I that I have. Okay, well, if you look at them next time, you'll, you'll probably, now that you know what you're looking right, for. Right, right. So what I realized is that you know, we, look, we all know that LED bulbs don't get hot, right? I right. Mean, you can touch them for hours. They're sure. cool. That's the whole point. That's of why it. we I put thought. them on the Christmas tree. Yeah, you can put them on a Christmas tree. You can put them up your nose. You can stick them on your face. I mean, they, you can touch them all day. They don't get hot. And I thought, wait a minute. Why is it that all of my LED fixtures that I've been installing as a builder have these massive heat sinks on them? You know, and a heat sink is something that you see on on uh, your computers for your LED. You see them on your, um, if you ever had those those really cool amplifiers. You know what I mean by a heat sink, right? Right, all right. Little yeah, I think I know things. where you're going. I think I know where you're yeah. going. That's where all the, the energy's going. Correct. And so it, it occurred to me, I, I realized, I kind of had this wait a minute moment. Why do I have a heat sink on the back of this thing if this bulb is so cool? So I opened up one of these and, you know, of course you find all these transistors and resistors and mm-hmm and circuit boards in there, and it's a pretty massive, you know, they call it the engine, right, the light engine. Right. So here's what I, I believe, and I'm just going to ask the question. 
if if that LED bulb is cool, where does my 14 watts start? Does the 14 watts that I'm using, does it start after I've already taken up 35 or 40 watts of power because I've had to kick it down using these, these engines and resistors? Or does it actually happen as the amount of electricity that I'm drawing? Because when I look at these fixtures and I see a big heat sink, like the same thing that's on my wonderful you know, amplifiers in the back of my air conditioners, something in that thing is drawing massive amounts of electricity. And I know from, you know, just from going to mediocre school that when you put electricity through something and you get resistance, electricity changes and it, be, it gets, changes to heat, right? That's it. So, That's it. You know, energy is, energy never changes. Energy is never lost. It only changes shape and form. So if I have a cold bulb and I've got a heat sink that's heating up to the point where I can't touch it, something tells me that there's a lot of energy that's getting dispersed and used before it ever made it to that bulb. There you go. It's and the so- LED lighting conspiracy. You heard it first right here on The Conspiracy Show. We'll take a time out before we do that. Another movie memorable moment. Soldiers, don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, and what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men, with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. There you go. That's a tough one. Ryan? Maybe the, the great dictator. Wow. Very impressive. Charlie Chaplin. Ryan. Very good. You knew that one, too, didn't you, yeah. Robert? You were nodding your head. It's on YouTube. Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Back with more of The Conspiracy Show and Scott Harris when we return. Stay with us. Question everything. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. All right, welcome back. Let's hit it again, Ian, another memorable movie moment. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. All right. Uh, Albert, I think, knows it. He gave me the thumbs no, up. I don't know no, No? It's, it's an easy one. It's an easy one. Roddy Piper, they live. That's right. Yes, very good. Okay, back to uh, Scott Harris, co-founder and COO of Building Construction Group. And uh, you may have seen On Begley Street. It's a, it's a web series. Uh, what is it now, Scott? It's third season or fourth? Uh, I believe we filmed it for about three years. So, yeah, I would say probably three seasons. We did three seasons of it. Okay. And uh, it was billed as being the greenest house in America. Uh, we were talking about the uh, the LED lighting conspiracy. So LED lights, maybe not everything they're cracked up to be. And, you know, we get notices from uh, Hydro, uh, power, uh, the power utility here, uh, saying, yes, yeah, switch over to, uh, to LED. Uh, but that may not be the answer. So what is the answer in terms of lighting? Do you believe? You know, I, I believe the answer to lighting is number one during the day is natural lighting. Number two, it's it's conservation. Uh, you know, well, here's what drives me nuts, Richard. Is I, I go to someone's home and they tell me that they had a uh, uh, they had a single. You know, I grew up in a house that had like a a single light fixture in the middle of the room, and it was we had a 60 watt bulb, and I would turn it out. You know, my friends and family and clients they tell me, guess what? We got rid of the bulb. And we put in 15 LED bulbs in here. We're green now. And even if, let's just say face value, you start adding these up at 15 watts a bulb, they've well surpassed what that little, that 60-watt bulb is. People feel that um, just because they're used, it's got a little 
icon of, you know, uh, some leaves or something, and it says if we're green, that they can use more of it. So I believe that the, the, the key is conservation. I mean, there's no reason that also that I believe that we need to live like in a sense that, um, we're living in a surgery room. I think, as you said, that unnatural light can age you. You know, there's something to be said for actually having a dimmer light in the house. We don't need to live in this way. We weren't meant to live this way. We were left, we were, we, we've survived for eons living outside. And it's natural. The body needs time to be, be relaxed and, and have these lighting levels reduced. So I believe that you need to have more natural lighting in the house uh, with thermally efficient windows. But we don't need the level of lighting we have. You don't have to open your coat closet and have lights inside. I don't need to have a light on every single shelf when I just for, for fun. Um, that's, uh, that's my personal belief. Dim the lights. Let's talk about uh, um, uh, construction material in terms of flooring. Um, I, I see where, uh, particularly children that have allergies, now they're putting in cork f- cork flooring. Another popular, um, and this has more to do with just because it's more sustainable because it grows very quickly, and that's bamboo. What kind of wood 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 do you use for flooring? Uh, you know, we, we've been looking to, most of the wood that we try to use is reclaimed or recycled woods whenever possible. Um, it, it, there's no reason that you can't take something that was reused and clean it up a little bit and recycle it again. I can tell you, here's like something we did for Ed's house. Every single one of the studs, every beam, every rafter, every, every floor joist, we took it out, we denailed it. And we denail it because what happens is they can clean this wood up and they can reuse it again. There is so much wood and material on this earth, there's really no reason to start recreating from scratch again. Um, that's, that's what my feeling is. And what about in terms of uh, staining uh, or, or um, treating a wood? Because, again, we were, earlier on we were talking about all the gases that are, that are emitted from, from the paint on the wall, the carpets, the, the varnish on the floor. How do you avoid that? So what we did at the Bedley's homes and some of our clients' homes is we are using hard waxes and oils. Um, there's something about letting a wood breathe, right? It's just it's natural. It's like being in nature. So what we did at the Bedley's home is we used a linseed oil mix, and then it has a wax on there. I mean, I will say the downside is that it forces you to take your shoes off because you've got a, a wax finish. But if you're using a polyurethane floor or anything, even even the water base or the the even worse yet, the oil-based floors, those things are off-gassing for months. They're not breathing. Uh, there's something to be said for having a house breathable. You know, we people spend so much time thinking that they have to seal every single crevice up of the house. And what that's doing to these people is they're actually suffocating themselves. They're slowly, we think that we're evolving by, by sealing every crack and gap in the house. And then what do we do? We put OSB, you know, down for the underneath for your underlayment. We're using all kinds of formaldehyde products and all kinds of paint. And you don't realize you're slowly suffocating yourself inside these homes. So whenever possible, if you can use natural materials uh, that are not, you know, here, here's what I like to say. If it has more than five ingredients, it's probably not something that's good for you. <laughs> that's a good rule to live by. All right. Well, uh, go into the break with another memorable movie moment. I mean, it's pretty hairy in there. It's Charlie's point. Charlie, don't surf. There you go. Charlie, don't surf. Ryan? No, I don't know it. 
Albert? I haven't seen this one either. All right. I bet Scott knows that one. Charlie Don't Surf. Oh, I spent too much time building my life. I don't. I didn't really watch TV. <laughs> Apocalypse Now. That was Bobby Duvall. All right. We'll uh, head into a break. Come back. One more segment with Scott Harris, co-founder and CEO of Building Construction Group. Building Echo Homes, the greenest home in America, the Ed Beckley Jr. Home. Back with more. Stay with us. When in doubt, blame the government. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. All right, welcome back. One more, one more memorable movie moment. I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Albert? Uh, it, I, I know it's a meme on the Internet, but I can't think of the movie right now. <laughs> Ryan? It's from Taken. Yes. Liam Neeson, 2003. What are they up to? Taken 9 now? I'm not sure. All right, back to Scott Harris. And uh, we're talking about eco-friendly homes. You know, I was... Um, uh, trying to find this story online, and I found I finally finally found it because we were talking about the Begley home and how he captures something like ten thousand gallons of of rainwater. How long does it take him to capture that amount? Uh, well, this last rainstorm it would have taken two hours. Right, you can <laughs> capture. We we set up the Begley's home in a way that allows them to capture. He's got a very large roof deck. Uh, that's actually it's interesting because from the street it actually looks like a uh, a nice hip roof. So it just as it goes out of line of sight, it actually dips in, becomes a roof deck, and uh, captures not only the rain there, but it captures all the sun from the solar and the photovoltaic panels up there. Um, and then we have permeable hardscape, at which everything drains down into the rainwater tanks. So to answer your question, we can pick up, um, in one inch of rainfall, we pick up 5,000 gallons. So two inches of rainfall, uh, you've got 10,000 gallons. You're set to go. That's remarkable. And I was just the article I was looking for, and I found it, that it's actually illegal in certain states to collect rainwater. Can you believe that? There was a man in Oregon back in 2012, rural Oregon. He was sentenced to 30 days in jail for illegally collecting rainwater on his property. What's going on? I mean, this seems, that seems so... Orwellian. I don't know. What, why is that, Scott? Why, are they, why would anyone object to people collecting rainwater? Well, there's two reasons. One, the municipalities make a lot of money off of it, so they kind of put them out of business quickly. But, I, you know, I think the, the, the reason that they're going to tell you about has to do more with, with health safety. Um, in California, specifically Los Angeles, I need to get um, the health department involved. In it. Because you've got to realize when you're storing 10,000 gallons of water, and you're not filtering or you're storing that underground, you can be creating some pretty serious contaminants in there. So it's a, it's a series of checks and balances. There's uh, spinners and filters, gaskets. We have to go through all kinds of safety valves to make sure that um, if you install this thing incorrectly, you can actually have backflow and this thing could be flowing back into the house. Ah, okay. So, yeah, now, uh, now that you say that, it makes you know. sense. You can pretty quickly kill off a family of six, you know, if if your husband thought he'd get creative and started trying to use some of that rainwater out there, thinking it's the purest thing ever, and it's, you know, it's got all these wonderful contaminants growing in there. So it's, uh, I believe that's the main reason. Rather than building, if someone wanted to, rather than build a new house, they wanted to convert their existing inefficient um build into a super eco friendly house what would what would what would they start with how do they do that some of the things that you can do are um air quality you know most of the homes are that they're built today have as you said there's a lot of off gassing in them so 
you can, for a very little money, you can actually install a HEPA filter and have it attached inside one of your pre-existing air conditioning units or heating units. Um, another thing that you can do is, um, as far as, you know, most people don't have the money to be able to change out the doors and windows and such and so forth, but a lot of it is just, it has to do with air quality. People don't understand the difference. And I, if I can just tell you quickly, one of the biggest things that, that are affecting people, you know, as far as allergies and the off-gassing is most people don't realize that they're living with mold every day in their house because homes are not waterproof the way that they should be. And it's the simplest of things. If anyone's going to be remodeling their home or changing it, almost every home in America, and I'm sure probably throughout the United throughout the world, they put this thing called paper on the back of drywall. And if you, and the way that you create mold is you put paper like a cellulose material, you put it in a dark area, you add just a little bit of water, and it's like gremlins, and it just explodes. And that is one of the things that most people are more sensitive to than anything, and everybody out there is living with it. So doing things like just changing that out, uh, and here's, let me give you one of the simplest things to do. I see a mistake every day. Everybody likes to water their houses. I don't know why. They put the sprinklers, they put the plants, they put flowers around the house. And they don't understand that what they're doing is basically feeding this mold that's growing up inside their homes. So simplest thing anybody can do, change the sprinklers, put some gravel around the house, and your life's going to be 100 times better. So get the plants it's, away from the house. Get the correct. plants away it's, from the it's house. It's not just the plants, but it's the sprinklers. It's the watering. Everybody waters around their house, and everything loves water that doesn't like the body. You know, termites love it. Mold loves it, fungus loves it, insects love it, and people just sit there and they don't realize, but they're feeding their house with all of these things that are just allowing these life forms to grow inside their house. They don't understand why they're they're suddenly allergic to everything, and you walk around the house and you can see this little, you know, perpetual line where it's just kind of uh, someone's been watering their house for years. Get the water away from the house and put it out in the yard. Ah, that's good to know. Good to know. What about carpeting? Uh, should we... I mean, that's a, is that a bygone era? Wall-to-wall carpeting. That was a big deal back in the 70s. I mean, that's just, that's just a, a, a haven for, for bacteria and, and uh, not, not to mention the off-gassing. Uh, I mean, I, I don't, I cannot believe, I cannot remember one time I've installed carpeting or allowed any of my customers installed carpeting for the past 20 years. I mean, talk about something. Let's take a mat of, of, of uh, material that's made of polyester from petroleum-based products Let's let it off gas, stick it up straight, and see how many things can collect inside there, and let your kids and dogs run over this thing with your shoes and see how you feel. It's, I mean, it's got to be the, the most unsanitary thing that you could possibly do in your house. You may as well lick in bathroom floors, for God's sake, when <laughs> people are putting carpet in their house. I, I remember, I've been in houses that had shag carpeting in the bathroom, if you can believe it. Oh, I, I've taken it out. I, I, I believe it, and it's all crystallized, right? Oh yeah, it's not pretty. It's not. We had that in our house. We had that in our house. No, carpet is probably one of the most unsanitary things you could possibly have. You rip the carpet out and watch your life change, and watch this big puff of smoke of something that you don't know that was great pop out as you shake the carpet out. What about tiles? Uh, tile is good in in the sense that it's um, it's a cleanable, washable surface. You know, it depends if you're using some Calicutta tile from from Italy. I don't really like that idea of just sitting there taking all of the earth's materials. But there's a lot of things you can do. I'll tell you what we did at Ed and Rochelle's house. We took recycled glass um, tile. So in other words, all of this glass that we are disposing of, we reuse, they melt it down, and we made glass tiles. And glass doesn't have to be 
look like glass. It, you know, they put a little bit of a matte finish in there, and it can look like a nice porcelain or ceramic tile. It's it's just a, a no-brainer. It's not porous at all. It's it's easy cleanable. Um, there's no off-gassing to it, and you're using materials that uh, that otherwise were being thrown into the waste. How um, how widespread uh, are these you know principles that you utilize in new home construction in in your area? I mean, is this something that you think should be um, in part sort of encoded into the into the building code? You know, they're just starting to realize it now. Um, it, but I don't think they fully grasp it enough to encode it correctly. Uh, you know, give it 10 years, give it 15 years, give it 20 years, we'll start to evolve and understand. We're trying to be ahead of the game. I mean, if you look at the way homes were built, they're still built the way they were in the 20s. Take a home, take a home apart the way it was built in 1927, and I look at one today, they're really not that much different. We're fooling ourselves to believe that they're really different. You know, we change the colors, we change the aesthetic, we change the molding, take it off. It's still the same thing underneath. You know, and what's sad is we all believe that somehow we're doing better. Throw some LED bulbs in there and put a few things that are green and, you know, put a recycled mat at your door and you think you're doing better. So we're not seeing the evolution that I would like to see. Um, you know, I'm sure sometime when my kids are older, they'll finally say, Dad, I can't believe you guys used to live that way. It's just like the same way when, you know, I grew up. Everyone thought it was okay to put lead in your paint and lead in your gas. You know, someday we'll realize in asbestos, God, that never worked out well. Remember, Grandpa, he died early. Right. Well, that raises another issue. Um, you mentioned um, lead paint, but I wanted to, I, I wanted to ask you about Wi-Fi. And you know, uh, there are a lot of people that are electri- are, are sensitive to electricity. They're sensitive to uh, to Wi-Fi. I mean, I know the scientists are sort of debating uh, this, but um, uh, EMF uh, is yeah. that a concern? Do you and do you uh, do you shield people from EMF in your construction? Yeah, so what we do is for the, uh, we try to, whenever possible, put the, the main panels, uh, well away from the bedrooms or well away from, you know, at the other end of the house. Ideally, it's in the garage. You can't stop the EMF completely. So what we've done is we will do lead panels on the inside to absorb the energy. Um, and I, as bad as Wi-Fi is, I just don't believe, unfortunately, we better evolve or we're going to die because you just can't get away with from it. I mean, if I ever look at my phone, there's like 77 different Wi-Fi hotspots on the freeway, for God's sake. So, you know, it's you can't get away from it. But the EMF is extremely powerful. I have a, um, as part of being, you know, I don't know, intuitive or what I am, I can physically feel it uh, as far as an energy. So I can, it, I, I believe if I can feel it, then it, it, not something that's really uh, good because what it's doing is it's changing your magnet. Your body is electromagnetic, as we, as you know. Yes. Probably most of your listeners know. I mean, you're basically a water and electromagnetic bio machine. And so go ahead and take a magnet to your body and watch, you know, put it on a computer and watch what happens. Do it to the body and see how well it's going to work. So when you're changing the magnetic pulses of the body through something that's unnatural, it's going to affect you. You know, in and do I believe it causes cancer? I don't think that that in itself causes cancer as much as it weakens the body and parts of the body that otherwise weren't normally working well all of a sudden just go, ah, I'm done. Okay, you know what? Pancreas, I give up. I'm tired. I'm finished. You know, it's just you, it, it triggers the weak spots of someone's body when you're living in these unnatural states. And, you know, your wife, your grandma, your kids, things just happen that, that otherwise shouldn't be happening. I mean, if, if you recognize that we've spent... As a society, approximately 90% of our lives inside structures being, 
you know, your work, your home, inside a vehicle, all you're doing is ingesting off gases. We weren't meant to be living in this kind of this kind of society and that and then what you have is you is you have hospitals and doctors that are able to pump you full of drugs and keep you alive a little bit longer to suffer you know, to suffocate a little bit slower. But it's not natural. You know, the most natural thing you can do is just step outside, open your doors, open your windows, let the light through and and stop living inside these structures. And if you're gonna have to be in a structure, keep it natural. Keep it easy and just let the air and light flow through them. Yeah, we we have to to, to think uh, or realize rather that our in many cases our houses are making us sick or our places of work our our buildings are making us sick. Uh, and if for no other, and for if no for no other reason, I mean that's uh, a good reason to start thinking. You know, eco friendly, eco friendly construction, eco friendly building materials, and so forth. Um, so Ed Begley's uh, house is um, is finished, right? Yeah, it's, it's finished, and we just we just did this. Uh, I did a talk show on Lifestyle uh, Magazine. I think it's Lifestyle.org, and um, I, I replayed. I got to hear, and Rochelle said the most beautiful thing. She said, she said, there's something about the air quality that's not even tangible. I can't explain it. When you come in there, you just you can take a breath. And you feel different. Uh, and I, I wish if you if you ever come to to L.A., Richard, I hope you can walk through one of our houses. And it's not something that you can just describe. It's just a feeling where you walk through and you go, "Wow, I didn't know this could be this good." It's like the first time you tasted really a, your favorite cigar or a really good bottle of wine, where you didn't have to kid yourself and pretend it wasn't good. So, um, <laughs> well, we should we should all live that way, uh, Scott. A delight uh, meeting you, and uh, thanks for this conversation. I enjoyed it. Thank you, sir. It was great to talk to you, too. I appreciate it. Scott Harris, co-founder and COO of Building Construction Group, building eco-friendly houses for the stars. My thanks uh, to Ian, Albert, Ryan. Back next week with a brand new program. Hope you'll be along for that. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night.